Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning and welcome to On The Pace. I'm Michael Geer, your host for the next half an hour talking all things harness racing as we go from one massive carnival finishing at Bathurst on Saturday night to the start of one which may have snuck up on you a touch. We have the championships coming out of Wagga from the Riverina. Tomorrow night we have the four heats for the boys, the Entires and Geldings, and three heats for the girls. It's a series which brings together a lot of very talented horses, Miracle Mile level type horses, which is a real bonus for Wagga on a Tuesday night. So that'll be the focus of the Harness Racing Week. Looking ahead, and a man who has spent time in Victoria and New South Wales returns to New South Wales, not only for the Bathurst Gold Crown Carnival he's just finished, but also for Wagga tomorrow night. Anthony Butt joins us on the show. Good morning, Anthony. Yeah, good morning, Mick. Hey, this is a carnival which sort of would have snuck up on lots of people. I know you and your brother Tim over the decades have prided yourself on picking the best targets for your horses, but this looks a great target for Wolf Stride for you guys. A $100,000 final without too much of the sort of king of swing type horse. Yeah, no, fits in really well, Mac. It's a you know, really good series, and you know they've been rewarded with some really good horses going for it. So, yeah, it's going to be, um, you know, it won't be easy, but it's uh, you know, really good for the racing in that area. Mate, before we get into the carnival starting tomorrow night, um, Bathurst Gold Crown, it looked a really good carnival, very competitive racing, um, like most juvenile races, very hard to run down the leaders, but even after all these years, Anthony, after the change of track, it's a, a carnival which seems to resonate with people. People seem to like the Bathurst Gold Crown. Yeah, they do, Mick. Yeah, it sort of fits in um, you know, pretty early in the season now, but uh, it's sort of on a space all on its own because not much else to target for these horses, so... A lot of people like to go, and, you know, the Bathurst Club do a great job hosting it, and everyone likes getting up there. And over the years, you've been to more carnivals than probably anybody in Australasian harness racing. How important is it for a trainer or a driver in this really professional era, and also for the owners, that the experience of the carnival is good, not just the money? If, for example, you go to Bathurst or Mooney Valley in the old days, or if you're going to take a horse... To WA, how important are those little things on the clubs looking after owners and trainers to keep people coming back? Yeah, it's vital, Mac. You know, I've said for a long time that you know people race horses for fun. You know, not many are in it for the money, and um, so you, you got to give them a great experience. And you know, I think it has been a little bit of a you know downside at different times. Some administrators get caught up, uh, caught up with the money side of things and forget about the fun value and the experiences. So. Um, no, that's what everybody's in it for, really, is have fun, and uh, if we can provide that for them, you know, they'll keep coming back. Well, let's talk about tomorrow night. Off to the fourth heat of the boys' series, the Entires and Geldings for the Riverine, the championship is Wolf Stride. And so this time last year, you were telling us he was going to be a good horse. I'm not sure you thought he was going to be this good. He's been pretty busy, Anthony. He's had quite a bit of racing since then, and I'm not sure I thought he was the type of horse who would cop it quite so well, but he seems to actually get better the more you race him. Yeah, he does, Mick. Yeah, he's a horse that just thrives on racing, and when I've raced him pretty close together, he's always gone better you know, the second time, and he takes a bit of work and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it has been busy just that sort of last you know, month or six weeks or so with Melbourne and then into Sydney, but um, he's going to have a nice break after this, and I'll bypass the Queensland Carnival and um, 
as he's just getting ready for the spring again. So, you know, I'm not too worried. He's really come through the races, you know, well in Sydney and that, and uh, as I said, I couldn't be happier with him. So, you know, all systems go. He falls into a nice race tomorrow night because there's, there's good horses. I mean, make my Memphis, Crunch Time, Uncle Jordan, nice horses. But you would probably think you've got the best horse in the race. In a situation like this, do you just keep pressing forward and take bad luck out of play? Yeah, he's very adaptable, Mick. He's um, actually got really good gate speed when I need it, but he hasn't sort of been drawn to use it too much lately. But um, no, I'll just play by ease. You know, obviously you have to be up there, you know, heading into the last sort of 400, 600 sort of thing. So we'll just play by ear. But he's, you know, he showed his last start at Melt there. They can do a bit of work and uh, still finish it off. So, you know, it gives you a lot of options. Mate, with those who aren't familiar with, with racing at Wagga, I presume you haven't raced too much at Wagga in the past. Um, the track there these days, very similar to Bathurst and its dimensions. In fact, it's exactly the same. Seemed a track which races pretty fair. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I haven't never been to Wagga, actually. I've been through it a couple of times, but um, never raced there, so it'll be a new experience for us. But, yeah, it looks a good track. These new tracks, um, you know, they seem to be raced pretty well. So, uh, you know, definitely better than racing on the old uh, half-mile tracks anyway. So hold on, Ange. You've never driven at Wagga? No. Well, Anthony, I've known you for a long time and I can't think of many tracks that have any sort of good racing on them you haven't driven at, so that'll be a new one for us. Uh, you're also taking Equity Stride there. Look, obviously owned by the same people who own Wolf Stride, but um, a lot less experienced. He's obviously a pretty good horse. 12 starts for seven wins. He, he won well at Melton last start. I see a horse who's going to this carnival as a travelling companion, or is he going there as a horse who's got a chance? Oh, a bit of both, Mick. He's, he's actually come a long way in you know, the last six months. He's doing a really good job, and I think he's going to end up a pretty good horse. But, you know, if, if Wolf wasn't going, he wouldn't be going either, you know, because we're going with one. It's just as easy to check another one on the float. And, um, you know, he won't disgrace himself, and if he can make it through to the final, it'd be great. Well, what about a couple of horses from your stable we haven't heard or seen much of? Um, where's the dual Derby winner lineup got to? Yeah, he just had a few soreness issues um, late last year, Max, so we had to give him a break. So he's, I've actually had him up in Sydney on the water walker while we've been up there for the carnival. So he's had a month on that. He's going to have another month on it um, to the end of um, April. And then, uh, and then he's going to come back into work, hopefully. So, yeah, he's all looking good now. Yep. Okay, would he be a horse to be ready to, to race over the winter, or is he a horse who, much like Wolf Stribe, not going to see until what would have been the new season, but we're talking now, the, say, the second half of the season? Yeah, well, I won't play anything with him for a while. I'll just let him come up, and uh, he'll tell us when he's ready to race. But, yeah, I won't have any set plans. But, um, you know, I'm hoping he's sort of going to be an intervening horse by the end of the year, so that's probably the first guy. But he'll obviously race, you know, plenty of times before that. But, uh, yeah, so I'll just bring him up you know, slowly and um, just racing when he's ready. Talking about into Dominion horses, Elite Stride, your young trotter, would be an into Dominion horse on raw ability. Where is he at and how's he, say, developing into that crossover from a three-year-old into an open class horse? Yeah, we just had a couple of nibbles with him. He just had a, a little injury problem after the Breeders' Crown sort of turned him out and uh, just got him back in and it's still sort of just floating around, so We've still got to get a final um, conclusion of it all, but it's possible he could uh, have to be out for another few months, yeah. Mate, you've lined up quite a few two-year-olds, you, you and Sonia, your fiancé. You've, you've managed to attack some of the early two-year-old races, both in New South Wales and Victoria. How have you found it, racing them 
effectively win straight after that turn two. Physically, they just haven't. But how have you found the early season racing? Has it been easier, harder? Um, obviously, some of the bigger stables haven't got too involved. Um, what do you make of having what, what for many people is probably going to be a split season where they race and then they have a different bunch of horses or the other horses spell and then race again at the back end? Yeah, I think that it's worked out really good, Mac, especially with the new new season there going from, um, you know, the calendar year. It just gives you that bit, bit more time with them. And as you said, some of them, you know, come up early for Bathurst, but now there's a really good break for a while till, um, you know, the bigger races later in the season. So, yeah, it makes, you know, training them a little bit easier. You don't have to rush them so much. So, as you said, there'll be a different pool that comes out, um, you know, from what's it, what was at Bathurst. So, you know, I think it gives everybody a chance. Mate, what's a horse for for you and Sonia to follow over the next sort of three, four weeks, apart from obviously Wolf Strider, we would probably expect to win tomorrow night at Wagga? Um, I'm really happy with the way uh, Have No Fears come back. He's a trotter that um, did a pretty good job last year as a two-year-old, and he's a big boy, and he uh, actually won a Group 1 um, a few weeks back at Melbourne, but he's, he's probably still under the radar a little bit, and uh, I just think he's going to develop into a really good trotter sort of the next six or 12 months. Now, mate, we need to ask you about something else. You've um, you've been engaged for a while now. Now, you were waiting for the Trans-Tasman bubble to open up so either your friends could come see you or you could go back to New Zealand. It's getting close to the Trans-Tasman bubble. They tell me it's only about four or five weeks away. Um, are you starting to make any plans? <laughs> Not yet, Mac. No, no. It's been on hold with the COVID. And uh, my daughter's actually the same boat. She's, um, she was all set to get married last year. So I'll probably have to wait for her to go first. And uh, we'll go from there. But... Yeah, we'll just uh, take it as it comes. You don't want to rush these things, mate. You know that. No, no, we're totally agreeing. It's just good to be responsible and patient with these things, mate. Thanks for joining us today. Um, enjoy your first spin man walker tomorrow night, Anthony. No, thanks, Mac. Yep. It's Anthony, but he's, um, he's heading to Wagga tomorrow night. If you are just joining us on the show, welcome to Monday morning for On The Pace. And it's the Riverina Championships out of Wagga starting tomorrow night. They finish later in the week. and. Um, it's going to be a superb night. There's some high-class horses there. One of the most interesting horses is going to be driven by Luke McCarthy. He's going to join us shortly on the show because I'm really interested to see um, what he makes of Muscle Factory stepping into open class. Luke, good morning, mate. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Yeah, good morning, Mick. Mate, you've got a, a really interesting horse here. Muscle Factory, um, formerly trained by the Trittons. It's a, a really good horse. Belinda, you train it now. One of Victoria Derby, and it's been beating up on horses it was always going to beat at Menangle. But tomorrow night, you're up against a horse you know, one of Clayton Tonkins, out to play in the second heat of the Riverina Championship. What do you make of Muscle Factory up to the big time again? Oh, look, this is his first real test, Nick. Um, like you said, he's he's had the luxury of coming back on such a good mark and just working through a few of them lower grades on a Tuesday at Menangle's. Um, he's handled that really well. Um, yeah, it's sort of time for him to step up now against some, you know, more seasoned horses. Um, probably out to play looks very hard to beat. You know, coming off the back of a miracle mile, but you know, outside of him, I'm I'm sure he'll handle it well. You have the technical advantage at the start. You've got barrier six out to play. He's got barrier eight. Is Muscle Factory good enough to say, as he was in the Victoria Derby a couple of years ago, look, I don't care about you. I'm just going to race to the front and run as fast as I can. And if you're good enough to sit past outside me, good luck to you. Oh, just 
like looking at the form in that race, Nick, it, you know, we've got the front row door and we go forward and the outer plays normally driven with a sit anyway. So, you know, they'll be in a small field. They can only be sort of one out, four back. And, you know, he'll obviously sprint home really well, but we'll, we'll be out in front and doing our thing and, you know, hopefully it's hard to beat. Mate, we were asking Anthony Bud about what he made of Wagga, and he had no idea because he'd never been here, but obviously you would have. Um, it seems almost a blueprint of Bathurst, so therefore should race pretty fit. Yeah, I've driven there a couple of times, and you know, very good track, and like you said, it's pretty much identical to Bathurst, so the horses get their chance, and um, you know, it seems to race you know, very fair. Okay, mate, away from the boys... Championship. There's also the female championship there for the Mears, and you're taking a couple of pretty serious horses there. In race eight tomorrow night, you have no win, no feed. Um, obviously, he's raced at the absolute highest level. Has to cop one on the second line here, but that pretty much means with nobody else on the second line, you can go where you want straight after the start. I, I would have thought even from there she would be winning, Luke. Yeah, she's a good man. She's got a great record, and... Um... She trialled really nice last week, so you know she's where she needs to be for this series, and I'm sure she'll go really well. In race nine, you've got two times better up against Miss McGonagall, who's got good form coming out of Victoria. Where's two times better at? Uh, she had a run on Friday, Nick, and she drew bad, and it was the race Rock and Roll Angel led, and you know got home fifty three and a half, and we were well back in the field and it was, it was just hard to make ground logistically on the clock and um, I was still happy enough with the way she worked home and you know, front row draw um, I'm sure she should run a good race Okay mate, out of the ones you're taking there tomorrow night because they're all going to be well favoured in the market, what's your best winning chance in these championship heats? Well I thought um, no with no feed, she's you know, she's got a great record and she's sort of been fresh in for the series. I think she's my best drive. Mate, uh, tomorrow you've got a day meeting at Menangle. Anything for the stable there? Uh, no, we don't have any runners, Nick. We've just got to concentrate on Wagga. Okay, now where's the big guns? Where's where's King of Swing and Ultra Orlando and all those types of horses got to? So they all had a few weeks off, Nick, after the Miracle Mile weekend. Um, they all had just a nice easy month during March and you know, they'll all get sort of cranked back up, um, you know, work up sort of through April and May, just sort of focusing on getting ready for the, the Brisbane Winter Carnival. Okay. What about the Lynn Smith Mile for those horses? Do you have separate horses for a race like that? Is a muscle factory, a horse, a type horse who might end up there? Or do you worry about that when you get closer to it and, and concentrate more on getting these horses to Brisbane? Well, I, I, I'm just reading between the lines, Nick. I think the Lynn Smith Mile will be moved. Um, to October, but um, look, if it's on a couple of weeks before Brisbane, that would work out perfect because you know these horses will be sort of back racing, you know, late May, early June anyway. Um, so if it's on, they'll be there. If it's moved, you know, they'll just obviously go to Winter Carnival, go to the Vic Cup, and then go to the Lynn Smith Mile in the Dominion. But what about the two-year-olds? We were just asking Anthony. He's he's launched a couple of two-year-olds already. I know you guys aren't keen to launch two-year-olds too early in the season. Are you just letting your ones tick over at the moment? You're not, not ready to start bringing big numbers to the races for those juvenile races? Yeah, we, we didn't have any um, paid up for that as, uh, in that race as early, Nick. And with the luxury of you know, moving the biggest challenge 
going towards the end of the season. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. And it's worked out good for our team. Um, they've all had a lot of work and preparations, but they'll be just sort of generally working. Obviously, but they'll be sort of cranked up through the winter time. You know, looking towards them good races at the end of the season. Mate, uh, your brother, or two of your brothers are based in the US. One of them has been here for a long time, Andy. I know Todd's been over there and had good success. Have you had a chance to talk to Todd much, Luke, and ask him what he's thinking, whether we'll ever see him back in Sydney and whether we're going to have one of the best sets of teeth and harness racing back in the state? Because it sounds like he's going pretty good. Has he given you any indications about what's going to happen to him next? I I certainly know the other day, Nick, I think he's, you know, the way he's going, he's established himself in that sort of top half a dozen drivers in North America already. Um, you know, he's getting guys for them, leading stables, Nancy Tactor and Noel Ailey, et cetera. And, um, you know, he's got some really good drivers coming up. He just went to Florida last week to train a lot of babies, Tony Alanya and that with Andrew. And I think you'll see him in a lot of the big races this year. So, look, it's a shame to not have him here driving, but he's doing too well um, up there. So, I... I Look, I think he's there to stay for a little bit anyway. Mate, a lot of people here probably don't pay much attention to United States harness racing. They've got their own things going on. There's obviously a lot of galloping going on in New South Wales as well. You must be very proud and and, and quite, maybe like I am, surprised by the fact that Dexter Dunn, your brother Andy, and obviously your other brother Todd, have been able to ingratiate themselves at the top of the tree over there quite so quickly because if we had that happen, for example, with an Australian or New Zealand jockey in Europe, we'd all be stunned. I know James McDonald has had some success at that level, but for three of them to be, you know, at the top of the tree over there, it's quite remarkable and probably underappreciated, I think, Luke. Oh, for sure, Mick, and yeah, they're all really good drivers in their own right and were successful before they went. Andy, Probably had to do it the hard way. He left quite early. I think he was only 21 when he first went over. So he, you know, he worked at it hard. He went to Poconos a lot and all the rest of it. And he worked his way into that top echelon. And the fact that Andrew worked so hard probably made it easier for the other boys. Although Dex didn't need any help, he's just so gifted. And um, and the fact you know a lot of expat trainers over there, Nifty and Pelly and Noel, and you know they know the boys and they know they can drive and you know. All three of them have just done so well, and you know, like you said, they've really established themselves in the top half a dozen drivers in North America. Mate, do you think the fact that Menangle has been the home track for people like Todd, and, and obviously Dexter's driven there a lot, do you think that helps with the transition to driving in America because it's it's a far similar style than, say, for example, driving at Alexandra Park? Oh, maybe a little bit, Nick, but I, I don't think so. I think look, they'll. They're just good drivers, and you know you'd see Dexter go to Albion Park or Menangle or Melton and drive good, and same with Toddy, and you know they, they adapt to wherever they need to be, and um, you know they're, they're just good judges of speed, and and they're just going really good. Mate, we had you on the show about four or five months ago, and said, "What have you got coming into the stable which we should look out for?" And you said to us, "Muscle Factory, new horse coming in Muscle Factory, we think it'll do a job." Have you got anything new coming into the barn? I know horses in a stable the size of Belinda's come and go all the time, but is there a horse there you've either raced or haven't raced yet that you think for our listeners is worth putting into their, their race tracker? Oh, probably not, Nick. Like we've got always got a lot of new horses coming in, but of that class that you think they'll take that step, um, 
you know, obviously the good ones we've already got. Look, I couldn't have been more thrilled with Max Shard. Two runs, you know, you're unlucky to not probably win the heat of the North Mile when he came out and brained him in the free fall. So, you know, I think he's a sort of horse for everyone to follow moving forward. Um, he seems to suit Australian racing, so probably of the better ones, he'd, he'd be a good one to keep following. Mate, usually when you guys get a new horse, say a new horse comes to Cobbety and it lines up at an angle, the bookies open them very short. Is that do you just sit behind one of them sometimes and think, look, this is way too short for what it is? Because clearly they underprice most of your horses and a lot of them win, so it's fine. But do you ever sometimes think to yourself, look, we're not miracle workers. We can't turn a, a you know twenty two start three win horse into a superstar. Do you ever get behind one at Manango when you're jogging around and you're thinking to yourself, no disrespect to this horse, but how the hell is this a dollar thirty? Oh, not not often, Nick. Um... You know, usually we have them here for a good month or six weeks before we start them, and we don't really start them until we're really happy with them. And when they do start, they usually usually go really well. So, you know, not often. I think the the market's always pretty right, and we we generally don't like to race them unless we're really happy with them anyway. Mate, it's great information. Important for the punters to know, mate. Hey, thanks for joining us today, mate. It's going to be a strange experience to have you having a rear drive at Wagga and have Anthony Butt having his first drive there. So maybe if you see him there, mate, tomorrow you can help him find the driver's room because he might have no idea where it is. <laughs> I'm sure he'll find it. He's been everywhere. <laughs> Good on you, Luke. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, thanks, Nick. Good on you. That's Luke McCarthy. He's also heading to Wagga. So if, you, if you're in the Riverina and you, you fancy a bit of good racing um, and you've got nothing on tomorrow night, pop along. It's going to be an awfully massive night there with a lot of high-class racing. A man who's done plenty of high-class racing recently and done it well is young Jack Train. We've got him on the show quite a bit recently, and the reason is he's going through an incredible phase in his career. Jack, good morning. Thanks for joining us again, mate. Mate, it must be a bit of a dream for you. You've got stylish Memphis. She comes out and wins the ladyship, and that's cool. You're basically the trainer of her there. And then you've got Antonia comes out and wins the New South Wales Oaks. And that's all good. You take a deep breath. You go to... Bathurst for gold crown night the other night and you not only win the bracelet with Antonia, you do it in near track record time and you win three of the first four races. I know you're a confident young man, but if someone had told you this six months ago, you would have been pretty happy to take it. Yeah, that's right. Obviously, um, everything's working out pretty well at the moment, Nick. And uh, yeah, like I've said numerous times before, it just comes down to a big wave of um, support that I'm getting from some really good trainers and just getting to drive some really nice horses. So, yeah, if um, someone said that six months ago, I definitely would have taken it. But, uh, yeah, it all happened rather fast. Antonia went to the bracelet final the other day and there was a school of thought that she might get crossed off the gate by Soho Amasi and, and then Joanna might come and get the lead and things could get tricky for you, which is why she got out to like $2.20 at one stage. But, you didn't really seem to be in the mood for that. It was more bat up, let's lead, and just keep on running. Yeah, that's right. And uh, like you said, there was always a lot of talk about her maybe having no gate speed as such. But, um, you know, those words never come out of my mouth or, or David Thorne's the trainers. We've just said from the start we haven't found the need to use her gate speed. Uh, maybe early in her career she was a little bit... Uh, if he just in the first couple of starts off the gate, and um, so we've just given her the time she needed to get her confidence up, get her gate right, and um, yeah, we've always sort of thought the one race and we are going to need to produce it. Um, you know, we thought she was ready to 
to be asked the question and it just turned out that it, this was the perfect race to do it and she came out the gate uh, under a hold and pretty much a length in front of the opposition. So, yeah, it, it didn't really come as a massive surprise to me, but um, it, was a, it was a good race to be able to show it off in any way. Jack, gate's been so crucial in New South Wales and everybody seems to want to have a speed map and an opinion on it, but I'm a great believer that good horses, most of them, will tend to find gate speed. There's no better indication than Lazarus, who had none in this part of the world, but went to North America and became a machine off the gate. What do you do with a horse like Antonia, and what should us punters look for in a prelim to see, or all the gear changes, to see whether a horse is more likely to go off the gate? What tells are there for us? Um, I, I suppose that that's a hard question, Mick, but um, I think... Like you said, most good horses have it. Like most good horses are well gaiters. And I mean, Antonia, for example, she's very high speed. So she's always going to have gait speed. She's, you know, she's, her, her speed's electric, like. And, um, you know, whether it be asked for it early or, or asked for it late, it doesn't go away. So um, it's, hard, it's hard to say that, Mick, of, of what you've got to look for. But I think, you know, unless you see them coming out looking like they've got six legs hopping and skipping, I. I think most horses can be asked off the gate. And, um, yeah, I, I think it just comes down to that, probably the gate more than anything. For a, a guy driving at your age, it seems that the young drivers now, almost all of them, specialise in being able to get them off the gate. It doesn't seem to be a case where, you know, unlike back in the old days in New Zealand with some of the older drivers where they're happy to sit up and hope to run a half. Is it a skill now you've got to have? You've got to have that confidence even if you stuff it up a few times to charge the gate when needed? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's a bit of the way that the racing styles move now. And obviously, it's probably the younger driver. You've noticed it more for the younger drivers now, I suppose, that maybe the younger drivers are getting more of a go now than what they used to back in, say, the older days. But, um, yeah, I think it's just the way of the racing style, especially more so over here in Australia rather than New Zealand. That's sort of... Uh, still a little bit more conservative in their racing style, whereas it seemed to go to a bit more towards the American style of racing. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's still plenty of, of the older drivers that can fire one out when need be, but it's probably just that maybe the sport's getting dominated by the younger driver these days. Mate, you head to Menangle tomorrow. We're talking a lot about Wagga, but you head to Menangle for the, the afternoon meeting. Kicks off at 12.54 tomorrow. You've got a nice book early doors, but they're in difficult races. Foxtrot Hills in a tricky race. Um, Mahomes has got a tricky barrier draw. But you've got you're on nice horses. Out of the cards you're driving tomorrow at Menangle, Jack, what's the one we should save a couple of dollars for? Uh, yeah, I have got a good book tomorrow, Mick. Um, uh, horse Tammet first start for Jason called Presidential Attack. His work's been pretty solid since he's had him for a couple of weeks. Um, he finds himself in a low-graded race, so I expect him to be a good, really good winning show tomorrow. And, mate, you got one of the last called Chubby Ticker, one of your own. Um, it's what on the market up against another one of Jason's called Pac-Man Hammer. Now, you would have seen both of these, so let's ask for a sneaky idea. I'm not saying you can know which one's going to win, but which one of those two do you think is more likely to win? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a good race there. Um, obviously, Chubby Checker done nothing wrong his first start for me, or other than a, a little bit of an error at the start, which I think I might have fixed up in his gear. And um, yeah, like you said, Pat Man Hammer's racing in super form. He probably has he has the draw, so 
on a map, he probably finds a front, which makes it a bit harder for me. So um, I'm hoping Chubby Checker wins because he's mine. But uh, yeah, I think Pat Manhattan is going to take a lot of beating too. Mate, we appreciate your time this morning. Um, Jack, things are going well. We promise not to ring you for a couple of weeks because we don't want to get sick of us and we don't want people to get sick of you, mate. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're you're very busy these days with all the ones you're driving and I'm sure the phone's a lot busier than it used to be. Yeah, no, no worries. Matt, always appreciate coming on. So thanks very much. That's Jack Trainer, who was the last of our guests today. If you are just joining us this morning at Riverina, Wagga is where the Harness Racing World hits tomorrow night. They have their championship for the Mears, also for the Poise, some really high-class horses. So the tab will have odds up for those. If you're looking to have a bet today in New South Wales, we kick off at Maitland quite early, actually. It's an early start there. So kick off at 12.54, Maitland today. Then tomorrow, we head to Menangle. Really nice early card there with a couple of the Trotters series races, so some good early betting there, and then Wagga tomorrow night where I think Muscle Factory if you get better than $2.50 for him, um, the suggested price is three fifty on the website harness.org.au I think he's got a super chance tomorrow against Out to Play That's tomorrow's harness racing coming from Wagga, plenty of harness racing going on around New South Wales, bet responsibly of course if you decide to have a bet, only bet the money you can afford to lose, good luck if you do have a go We'll be back with On The Pace at 10.30 on Wednesday morning, where Brittany Graham will take you through the harness.